It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, as per usual, I bring you Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? It's uh, That was a weekend. Uh, I guess <laughs> everybody's going to have to... This is this is what we were talking about, though. Like, uh, learning, learning, uh, learning what this team is all about, uh, yeah. learning about what uh, Jordan Love is, and a little bit of patience. And uh, taking the good with the bad, and uh, those things are going to happen. And also, to uh, Brewers' m- magic number down to seven. Yeah. Uh, Depending on what the Cubs the do tonight. This, yeah. As of the beginning of this podcast. Um, well, I guess the Cubs don't play know. today. They played on Tuesday. So, yeah, seven with the, the Brewers, one nothing loss today. But yeah, all that. Oh, uh, that's already done. Okay. Sorry. I didn't see that. And then uh, <laughs> and we're going to talk about run support, both for the Packers and for the Brewers in this podcast, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good weekend. We were at the game on uh, Saturday and got to see uh, Mark Kenna, who is this year's CC Sabathia, smoked that uh, game winning uh, grand slam. So that was well worth it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's always fun. And at my hometown for Military Appreciation Day, all sorts of stuff. So all right, well, you didn't well, know that, did you? you? I drove all the way to Turtle Lake on Friday night. I didn't know that part. No, I knew you were at the game. I didn't know that other part. Uh, the one thing yeah. I'm going to say, uh, first off, let's get this out of the way, that you can find this show on X Twitter, uh, which is, you know, you can find the podcast itself at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can find me at Not So Humble Host. Uh, you can also find this podcast on Mastodon at Scotty Johnny Pod at Mastodon.social. I'm at Scotty Johnny at Mastodon.world. You can also find me and blue sky if you are on blue sky one of the the few there uh you can find me at jebarnett.bsky.social aaron where do people find you uh you can find me at chatter talk john at chatter talk on x twitter um a lot of me fighting with uh colorado uh buffalo fans because i apparently made the mistake of saying colorado should have been so close in their game against colorado state yeah. They're like it's a rivalry game, man. Rivalry games are like this. I'm like, yeah, Colorado State may win zero games this year. Yeah, they're so if you want to prove that you're a big time program, <laughs> you don't squeak by them in two overtimes. Anyways, so that's current kerfuffle going on over there on Twitter. And then you can also find me at Apple Bottom Flottom uh, on Blue Sky. Um, haven't been pushing that brand yet. Uh, you can call me. My my name is on there besides Apple Bottom Flottom is El Duterino if you're not into the whole brevity thing because I haven't really put any work into Blue Sky yet, but I do appreciate the invite, John. Excellent. The one invite I'll give you now is to get your opinion briefly before we get into our main event. Uh, there is talk now in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes to trade for Damian Lillard that there is an unnamed Eastern Conference team interested in getting involved. Aaron, how much do we want that to be the box? Uh, yeah, all of it. I would give up a lot for having. I would. I would Dame. give up. Um, you know, um, the house. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, I'd give him what, Drew what, what, and what piece and, is, what yeah. piece beyond Giannis is not movable for Dame Lillard? None. 
None. Any other piece on there? A- everything. I'm, I'm willing to go that that far because him, you have to shake this and, team up differently. It has to be different this year. Right, and him and Giannis. I mean, just the two of them alone are. He 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 has all the attributes that are Giannis's weaknesses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like everything Giannis isn't good at, Dame is good at. Yeah, and know? he can so he can do things to let Giannis get to the ball and get in open space and be without the ball and do all those things that he could be able to do if he didn't have to, I guess, you know, control the ball as much as he does. But that's yeah, that would be fantastic. I'm you I'm on board. Make it happen. Somebody make you it can't, happen. You can't run it back again. And you know, why not? As long no. as as long as Wisconsin is in a complete rebuild in every single program right now. <laughs> Badgers, Brewers, Packers. Uh, everything. I mean, the, the the Brewers are in a rebuild. I don't care what anybody says. Like Correct. they still have some of their starting pitchers, but it's basically Woodruff and Burns, Peralta a little bit. But otherwise, everything's been turned over there. And you know, beyond Yelich, who else is long term? You know, so the heck with it. You know, the Badgers. You know, there's going to be growing pains. I'd rather do that than run back the same tired lineup for the fourth year in a row. It worked three years ago. The coach is gone. I love Brooke Lopez. I, I'm sure he wouldn't be any part of the trade because he's he's not a, a tradable equity. You know, he's not going. You're not going to get anything for him. So keep Brooke around for some of that team integrity. But otherwise, it's the NBA, man. It's a fluid. It's a fluid organization. It's a fluid league. Uh, move things in and out. Um, you can't sit. Back. Yeah, I, I don't know what the Bucks have to give for Dame. I mean, Drew and Chris, obviously, which I'm fine with. Yeah, that'd make that because both because both of them have have let us down enough. Okay, and and Dame Lillard brings the things that they. I mean, we've been you know right, when yeah. when they were winning the finals when they were winning the finals we were making we'd have to say this isn't hyperbole but Chris. Chris Middleton can do things that Kobe used to do. And he was doing those things. Drew Holiday made some giant plays. But for those giant plays in those games where they look good like that, there's seven out of ten of the games don't look like that. Mm-hmm. They, they don't. And Chris Middleton disappears. Drew Holiday makes terrible shots. He misses easy layups. It does a lot. He's a good he's a good defender. Don't get me wrong. Great defender. He's great at that. But man, like it's depressing sometimes, like how how bad they can be. Yeah, and yeah, how I just yeah, think... it like, can, like we need a legitimate second superstar. Everyone wanted to tell us that it was Middleton. It's not Middleton. He's not a anymore. max. He not since good the for injury. him. Good for him. He gets paid max for not max effort or not max production, right? And Drew's nice, but man, if you could get a second superstar, and Dame's still in his prime, he's still got more years in his prime. Oh yeah. Like make it like if that and he's happen. hungry. He doesn't have a championship, so he's hungry. Let's make this happen. But well, the owners Jimmy has them now, so they'll probably not do it. So yeah. all right, everybody, let's get everything else well, rolling into know. the we'll part know. of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. So I was unfortunately pretty much right on in my pick where I thought that going on the road here was going to be a rough one. The Packers, seriously, through three quarters, killed them. Uh, it was 24-12 at the end of three quarters, and then they lost by one. So it's just the fact that they scored more in the fourth quarter than they did in the first three quarters. I should tell you a little bit. Uh, Love does go over 6 in the fourth quarter. Uh, right. Of course... 
With a 24-22 lead, we ran the ball three times and punted. So that, I mean, that that happened. And it's because the, the number of times that A.J. Dillon got the ball, went out there and tripped trying to get to the line of scrimmage is pretty unforgivable for a guy who's supposed to be something impressive. And he took out Elton Jenkins. Yeah, there were... So here, here's here's the list of the things, uh, the list of the things that I, I specifically was saying went wrong. First off, Love didn't do anything in the fourth quarter, uh, which some of that is like we went into a weird shell of of an offense. We threw one deep ball, one third and eight through shorter than the first down marker, which he didn't complete anyhow. Uh, we had you know injuries should have had five, five touchdowns on the day, but anyway, right? So injuries were part of it, but I don't know that's the biggest part because we were still up twenty five or twenty four to 12, even with the injuries. Um, we, 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 Jair actually was bad in this game. He got beat up by Drake London. He was allowed to play on Drake London. He played a lot of man, uh, should have had a pick six, didn't. Should have had a pick six. But Terrell, pick six. Terrell should have had a pick six on us too, but didn't. So The Packers, Quay, Quay should have had a pick, uh, just a pick. Just a pick, yeah. They hit him um, in the face. Yeah. In the face. Uh, so yeah, there were a couple Went things there. Hit him in the face, John. Right. There, there was a lot going wrong in this game. Uh, they were sloppy. We lost three points because the field goal team didn't get on the field in time to kick a field goal, and instead we took a delay of game, and then punted. Like that is the most unforgivable part of all of them, I think, because the field goal kicker is—I mean—they are people of rhythm, right? Like they understand everything. They're like, "Let's go, field goal." They go out there, they get ready, and he did not get set. Anders Carlson did not get set in time to receive the snap for the kick. It was unforgivable what they did there. That cost them at least, it cost them the three points. I mean, ostensibly, because we can't guarantee he made it. But that was like a double whammy stupid, too, in the fact that, so it was a 52-yarder when they got called for it, right, I think? Uh, I believe so. No, it was like a 47-yarder. And then when it got backed up to 52, Lafleur said that it was it would have been un- – because that was the one just before the half, right? Uh, no, I'm talking about the one – it was earlier when we had to punt right away. Oh, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I was helping out with some things outside of my house, and I kind of missed a little bit of the first quarter. Anyways, <laughs> so let's – so but later on, let's talk about the halftime one where Lafleur said that he didn't feel comfortable letting Anders kick a 52-yarder. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the guy who let him rocket a 57-yarder in the last preseason game, that would have been good from 75. And I know you know that, John, because it went right in front of you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. It was right there. Uh, Yeah, Sorry. field goal formation. So, yeah, it was third and 12, incomplete pass, short left. Well, I mean, like, the number of dumb things. So they had first and 10 at the Atlanta 31. Uh, ran the ball on first down, made it second and seven from the 28. Penalty for false start back to the 33. Um, we throw an incomplete pass and then penalty on the field goal. So we went from the 31 down to the 28. I mean, a, a field goal from the 28, yeah. Uh, then a penalty puts us back five. Another penalty puts us back five. We're at the Atlanta 38. And then we punt 38 yards into the end zone for a touchback. Uh, right. Just... What an incredible, like, you may as the well discipline it, issue. You may as well just throwing it right at safety and hope that he intercepts it. Yeah. Uh, to be then, perfectly honest, you would have had him further back. Yeah. <laughs> then we got an interception. We got the ball at the Atlanta 36. We ran three plays, 
And uh, after three plays, we were at our, our, our own 28. It's like, no, I'm sorry. We, 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 it was their 36. We picked it off at our 40, and we went backwards uh, to fourth and 22. Uh, mm-hmm. Love getting sacked on what was absolutely A.J. Dillon again. Uh, missing the, the read there, and and also, I'm sorry, this was also um, Walker, Rashid Walker, not taking the inside blitzer and stepping outside to, to a guy who was then taken by the, the tight end and then blocking nobody, absolutely nobody. Um, yeah, just too many huge mental mistakes in this game, and quite honestly, we do have to put some of it on Jordan Love for having a fourth quarter where he did not do anything. Uh, throughout... These two games and the preseason, we've learned Jordan Love is not an accurate deep ball thrower. Now, you can live in the NFL with an offense that does not throw deep. The the Patriots won several Super Bowls doing that. Uh, so that's a thing, but you have to run that. And, and you do want to be able to take that deep shot every now and then, but he does not have the accuracy deep. The only two deep passes that worked were pass interferences, and that wasn't our fault. Uh, that just happened, you know. So, so there were just well, too deep, many mistakes. Deep ball accuracy is also going to come with time too. I like, think so. We have to be patient it, with him. It, it, no, let's not let's not say he can't throw a no. deep ball accurate. No, he his isn't. accuracy right now is is maybe a little bit problematic. He has shown flares of being able to uh, the Dontavian Wicks uh, touchdown in the back corner of the end zone. Now that's not a deep deep ball, but I mean that was right there. That was also an incredible play by that D back yeah. that knocked it away from. Was that Dontavian Wicks that that one? But anyways, I yeah. So. so I'm trying to remember. Yeah, the, the one that got knocked away. So I mean, yeah, he, prior he hit him away just at the end. No, yeah. that was Dobbs. It was Dobbs on the dime Dobbs, on yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, Dobbs, 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 on the fade route to, in the corner there. That was a that was a perfect throw. No, sorry, he can sorry, throw. Sorry, it was it wasn't my fault that someone had a car accident you're, in front of my house during the first quarter. Yeah. So you are right you know. in what you're saying. So I miss I missed a little bit of the game. <laughs> it wasn't you're, my fault. You're, you're exactly right, though. I, what I meant to say, I what I should have said, report. It was great. You know, is that that he's not currently throwing the deep ball well this year. It's going to be something that's going to have to come with time, and we're going to be patient with him. We also have to stop trying to say he's going to be the third Hall of Famer in a row. That's not fair to him. No. Um, he can be a completely fine Rogers, player. He didn't say this is back-to-back call. It wasn't until after he won the Super Bowl. Everyone hated him. They still hated him after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, they hate and him more those, now. And then, all the, and then all those fans died. And that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, do you remember the classic one where that guy in the atrium of, uh, the newly built atrium of Lambeau Field telling Ted Thompson that, with Brett Favre, we could go to a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to the toilet bowl, right? Yeah, people were. That dude died. That's why the that that's why those comments went away. So because yeah. he was old, he was old. The other thing that is a little frustrating: the defense was incredibly soft. They were in position to make several plays, but Atlanta quickly figured out that our linebackers uh, play fairly deep, and it seems like the entire plan for them on defense is to watch the play develop and then move to the ball. Which is why they do well, not make might, plays at line scrimmage. Because, like I said, I have to say this, but did they start off soft, or what? Did was that? Did they get softer as the game went along? No, because from how they what are. I basically saw from about second quarter and a half through the end of the game, it seemed like they were getting softer as it went. No, it seemed like they were pretty much like this. I mean, it's okay. at times they were playing up, uh, at least on the corners. Mm-hmm. The biggest issue I have is in how we run the linebackers at this point. The linebackers stay very close to the middle, and they are way off the line of scrimmage. Unless, unless they're clearly blitzing. <coughs> and the other issue then is that they seem to, like, when you watch, a, 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 when I've watched the film on these guys, if you watch quick 
run plays, you can see a guard step inside. You know it's a run because he's stepping down. So go from guard to running back and follow the play. But we wait, and you watch Quay wait and wait and wait, and then defensive linemen make the plays. And our defensive line has actually been playing phenomenally well. Yes. Thus far. We've been getting good pressure on the quarterback. Uh, They've been doing well in run support. Our linebackers do not play at or near the line of scrimmage at any point. All of their tackles are three and four yards downfield unless it's a wide running play because then Quay and Campbell can use their speed to sit back, watch it happen and then go. Which it's, is what except, on, except on fourth and ones in the late fourth quarter. Yeah. We, we never figured out then, yeah. that they knew they could run to the edge every time because our, our linebackers would not get there. And if they could just get people to the edge, God, they Gary, pull both Gary guards. Bits. Gary bit so bad on a couple so play fat. actions yesterday. On the Ritter oh, touchdown, yeah. On oh, God. There was a couple ones where he was so far inside chasing the that, running back. That is Gary. Oh, my God. Yeah, He I mean, crashes hard. I mean, that's his Gary. That's, and that should be – you should expect that with him, but especially on that Ritter touchdown, man. Like, he was past the opposite guard. Okay. Anyways, but so – but, yeah, but, no, it's – I wonder how much of it is that maybe because – uh, Bijan Robinson is a, was an unknown commodity going into the game. Like you still, I mean, he's a rookie. You don't know how. I mean, there's one week of tape on him. We that have dude's, good that insights for that dude's for real, man. Holy, he's smokes. nice. And they but were lining he, him up. They were lining him up at wide receiver. But is they he were, at this point though? Seriously though, is is he better than having DeAndre, um, you know, or DeAndre Swift? DeAndre Swift killed with the Eagles this week. When he's healthy, he's lights out. Also, was not a first round pick and never should have been. No, but I mean that I like. Robinson, I mean the Robinson kid was fat. I mean, along with the, the, the whole team running effort um, from the Falcons was pretty yeah, substantial. They're, they're a like, good running they, team, and I think Algier is also a fantastic running. Yeah, Algier. Thank you. That's his name. Which is I wanted the Packers to pick because Algier is actually AJ Dillon's real first name. <laughs> Tyler yeah, Algier. I think, it, I think I think it's Algier James Dillon. Really. That's amazing. I, I really think it is because okay. they confused me this morning because somebody on the morning show referred to him as Algier James Dillon, I think. Okay. And it confused me because I'm like, Algier was the running back from the Falcons, I thought. Anyways. Yeah. But but I, either way, I did I, I digress. But yeah, it was, I mean, th- that, that running attack was, but you're they were sitting back, but I, I mean, you got to kind of give it to the Falcons. Like they found, they figured out that the Packers weren't going to stop the run and just kind of shoved it down their throats. And Ritter, I mean, that dude was a legit college quarterback at Cincinnati. Like, I really think that he's got more upside than downside in the NFL. Like, I think the Falcons I, might have actually hit on him. Like, I, I think we've seen his games, ceiling. Games, but he was a th- he was a third round draft pick that might have been a first round draft pick. Mm. He's got he's got the he's got the size and the athletic ability. I think we've seen his ceiling is the thing. Uh, he was around a long time know, in college. I think he kind of he's kind of an actualized player is kind of the problem. I think is that he's got the ability to be a decent guy in there. I don't know. He's got an ability to be much more than what he is. He's currently. got an amazing ability to throw interceptions that are not caught. <laughs> he does because he should have had several. He still has zero interceptions and he should have been intercepted three times. No, he got picked up by Russell. That- Russell Douglas picked him off in the oh, game. Oh, finally. Too. Oh, that's right. He did. That's right. Going into the game, it was zero. And after 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 uh, Quay dropped it, it was still zero. Yeah. And it was like, that dude's got some Tom Brady mojo about him. Yeah. Like Algiers, yeah. Jamil, William, Dylan Jr. How about that? Algiers. I was not wrong. No, you are exactly right. I was like, that's a, <laughs> that is such a weird coincidence. Well, you don't know because he's always been A.J. Dillon. 
And I also, yeah. I wanted Tyler Algier because he was my draft crush last mm. year. Him and Bo Melton were the two guys I really wanted. Um, I thought Algiers in the third round was a guy we could get. He's better than Dylan. He just, he is. And yeah. The, the problem with Dylan, and we knew this right off the bat, and this is a problem, was that when they drafted him in the third round, which was not well received, it was okay at first because he was that, that thumper behind Jones and has been for a while now. But like a lot of people on t- X Twitter have been saying is that like he shouldn't have been just anointed the second running back because he didn't earn it and he hasn't earned it. He had one big game against K- Tennessee two years ago mm-hmm. and route to the getting knocked out in the championship game by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's he he's supposed to be that that th- that thunder to the lightning. Right. But he's not. He he doesn't put his pads down. He falls down a lot. He's not a good pass blocker. No. He came out of college. He was he had 300 plus carries his last two years in college, which that's not good. No. And he played four years in college. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily good at catching the ball in the backfield, and he's a terrible pass blocker. But he's the king of Door County. You yeah, know, he, and it's like, he's super likable, and and I love him as a person. Yeah, he's just not that guy. He, he, I don't know that he's got a spot next year on this team in terms of what I'm thinking. We need I'm him. thinking that he was just one of the vets that they kept around because he was cheap, and him and Bakhtiari and Preston Smith, who they just kept around for a little bit of stability, are, are all going to be gone next year. Well, yeah, that's not. I think what they wanted to say is they said. Uh, we need to fix edge rusher first and offensive line, lock those down, and then wide receiver room for the young quarterback and, and coming make, in. And make, sure, and make sure that Love is actually a, a decent NFL Right, I'm talking about in terms of acquisitions, I guess. Right, 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 right. In the right. last two years, they've gone wide receiver and offensive line, and, and that's been the priority here. I think they clean house on running back. It, maybe they, they try to see about, I forget what the contract position is right now for Jones, uh, Jones is what makes this offense work at this point. Having him out this game changed the game entirely. I think the Packers win if he's in. For, for, for a durable running back, too. Like People forget that Jones is actually a pretty durable running back for his size. That That's hamstring man. injury sucks, man. That was. I mean, he showed what he could do against the Bears. That's what he does. Yeah, He's had some of the most electrifying plays in the last five years to the Packers. Like, let's, let's, yeah. Also, yeah. the fact that it was turf mattered. They didn't want to mm-hmm. play Jones- on turf with the hamstring injury if they could get through another week without it. The Packers are very conservative medically. And Aaron, do you have opinions on turf and perhaps the left tackle of the Green Bay Packers? Uh it's a yeah, no, it's a it's a weird thing. So um with Bakhtiari, like Bakhtiari was very vocal when Rogers went down. He's been vocal um, for years. Yeah. He has been, but he was very vocal right after Rogers rolled up his Achilles well, like a, I want to say like this. a like a like a window shade. Let's um, say this too that one of the things he's he mentioned is you may have noticed that um the uh when when UEFA comes and plays games over here like the mm-hmm. Munich the München versus um München Bayern versus UEFA um, soccer by the way. European yeah, European soccer. soccer. Those, yeah. Um yeah. who they play? They played one of the, they play Man U whoever it was. Yeah, man, no, man whoever's uh 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 Berlin um no, Bayern. Yeah, yeah. No, it's mentioned Bayern. The the Munich Bayern yeah. Bavaria team. Bayern is Bavaria. It's just yeah. in German. Sorry. Uh, they played at Lambeau. And the reason why is Lambeau is the only NFL team that plays on the million-dollar field 
that they use mm. in most of the like the big time soccer fields. Like Man U plays on those fields. Well, it has a synthetic fiber woven into the grass to help keep the grass stronger. It is natural grass with synthetic fibers in it. it Cost a million dollars to do. The Packers redid it last year. The Packers have a field that UEFA would use, that FIFA would use, and they will not allow their players to play on turf. Right. And I mean, and that was a big yeah. point as to why we got a game and they will never play at MetLife. And that and that's why that's why big league soccer will always be, as far as talent wise, better than the NFL will ever be. Because the NFL's pool of talent that they're pulling from is shrinking because kids don't play contact sports anymore. But the rest of the world plays soccer well, and football's growing in the rest giant, of the world. They have a giant pool to play from and they put a lot of money into their teams and they make a ton of money off their teams. And even though the NFL is more profitable right now because it's an isolated United States sport, that's why soccer will continue to be popular well, for forever. To be because, clear, the, yeah. the, the pool is growing for the NFL. They've been setting up camps around the world. The football, American football has now been allowed for Olympic competition and in various levels. There are camps in Africa. Every team got a player from Africa this year. That's going to keep happening. Uh, football is actually on the grow and continues to increase the base of people playing. All sports are down in terms of participation. Soccer is actually down more than football. In the United States. In the United States, soccer is down more than football. Baseball is down. It's the rise of one sport. High school. I'm just saying. I'm just high saying, school you know, players I, playing one John, sport is the issue. John, yeah. John, go you ahead. Don't have, you don't have. You don't have to stick up for American football. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Statistically, this is why. This is, this is why soccer is soccer. Why football is football. Yeah, it's a and cheap, it's, easy it, game. And they're all, they also keep their players on the field. Well, and it's, it's a cheap, easy game. <laughs> Anybody I'm, can I'm afford agree, to play I'm soccer. Agreeing, John, I'm agreeing yeah. with you. Yeah. Bach is right that they will. They like we're not going to put our players on that crap. And yeah. that's like the first they're time that the NFL went to. Uh, England to play. They put him on a soccer pitch and it didn't work. Do you remember that? I think it was a Giants game and it didn't work on a soccer pitch because the soccer grass was too slick. So like when players went to cut was the, the Mexico game, they had a problem. No, no, Mexico, one? Mexico, they had a bad turf problem. They didn't right. play. But the first time that they played a game at uh, Wembley, they played it on a soccer pitch. I believe you can look this up too. Okay. I'm not making this stuff up. Like one of the first England games, they went there and played and there was tons of complaints because when the players went to cut, their feet were slipping out from underneath them, which that's what you should want to happen. It doesn't work in the NFL because you want hard cuts. That's also really hard on your joints. But you also want your feet to slip because then you don't have injuries. Right. You don't have you don't have you don't have you don't have feet getting stuck in the ground. You don't have what happened to Nick Chubb tonight. <laughs> Nick Chubb, you know, three quarter inch cleats so he can run faster, you know. The NFL is a sport made up of injuries waiting to happen. You know, they use giant cleats that intact their feet to the ground. They put giant shoulder pads on these people so it doesn't hurt their shoulders to tackle. They put giant helmets on their heads in order to prevent head injuries, which actually increases head injuries and increases other injuries. Back in the 40s, do you think they hit this hard? Heck no. It's like rugby. Soccer has a higher incidence of concussions than football. To be clear. Well, that's because they use their head to pass the goddamn ball. Because they don't, yeah, they don't have a, a helmet of any sort. So, yeah, they have higher rates. Yeah. Yes. So, anyways, <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, yeah, no, you're it's, right. it's, no, most sport, football is the most injury sport there. You're going to get hurt playing football. It's a very physical. That's game. how it's going to happen. And, you get hurt and, playing a lot of physical sports. Yeah. And, and, but, but, 
Bach has a good point, like back to the point at hand. And yeah. I'm not trying to make this soccer versus football, no, or no. football versus football. They're just different but, games. But I mean, and that's the reason why, well, think about all the injuries that happened in the, in the NHL. You know, mm-hmm. th- th- there's tons of injuries in the NHL, right? But yeah. a lot of them aren't ACL tears and Upper stuff body like that because, <laughs> because when they leave their feet, they slide. You know, there's a lot of getting smacked up against the boards and taking a stick to the face and full-on just yeah. collision injuries. Like, hockey is not abstaining from this. But when you hit yeah. the ground, you slide. You know, basketball and football, when you hit the ground, you stick. You know, and things are going to break and tear. Anyways, yeah. back to what Box said. He's right. He was talking about, like, whenever they bring over uh, uh, exhibition matches from anywhere in Europe yeah, anywhere. to play – they play on grass fields. Most MLS teams play on grass fields. Mm-hmm. And I mean, baseball is played primarily on base be- on grass fields. Yeah. You know, it, it's in every level of football up to pro is almost all played on grass fields as well. And there's, and, and there was another thing that uh, his brother, who shouldn't be sticking his nose into this at all, <laughs> but he brought it up that there's a study that, that a lot of these teams that are in Texas and like there's teams even up here where I grew up in Cumberland, Wisconsin that have turf fields, like the number of like non-contact injuries are through the roof. And, and, and there's also teams too, like Bach doesn't practice on the turf field over at the Hudson center. Yep. And, and that's how many Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. That terrible knee injury that he had that derailed his entire career was on a turf field in Minnesota. I thought, I thought it was outdoor on grass at Mankato. That was on turf? No, I thought that was up. I thought that was back up at TC. No, okay. Well, we'll re- I, I think I have to look that one back up. But either way. Okay. I, either way. But they, they, he, there was a whole, I was. I went down the whole string. And there's all this <laughs> stuff like how there's teams that play on grass but practice on turf. And a, a bunch of the injuries that happen that keep them off on Sundays happened on the turf during practice. So... My only issue is that, and is that Bach is he's doing for money. And I don't, you'd like I don't to know see how much your people players play. I mean, he's been preaching about this for a while. I'm big on Bach. I mean, I love the guy. Go on my Twitter, X Twitter, and you can see me posting pictures of him. I want that post. I, I, I want I want that poster of him flicking off the Bears fans last week, <laughs> pre snap. That's I want that. I want a six by ten. Because he was a, responding to them, they they did it first. To be clear, yeah, yeah they did. Right. I want that on my on on my wall, or that, or him laying on the sidelines, blowing kisses to them. One <laughs> of the two. That was also brilliant. Yes, but I mean, but you're paying this dude a whole bunch of money, and you're going to get what? He's going to sit out all the turf games. Like, I mean, I guess if there's a season when you're in a rebuild, this is the year to let somebody protest the NFL. But I mean, he lost a lot of his voice when Rodgers left this team. I mean, maybe he got a little bit more voice because of what happened to Rodgers, but I mean, this is a terrible deal for the Packers if they're going to lose an all-pro left tackle for four out of 16 games, okay. you know? So, but I mean, the guy's great. The guy's borderline Hall of Fame. Like, if he keeps playing the way he has his entire career, but it's just, it's it's such a weird, it's a weird thing, but like, he's fighting the good fight, but at the same time, you worry about your own team. I, I don't know. I mean, we should buckle up for this season, anyways. With this Atlanta <laughs> right. game, like at the end of the game, in 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 earlier years, like five years ago, I would have been super mad about this game. But this is what we're yeah. going to have this year. 
this it, is it's the expectation for the year that you have. Yeah. Uh, so next week, uh, the Packers are going to have a little different thing going on here. So that'll be, um, yeah, not not this this run game against what we had here was one that I was worried about. Next week they get the Saints, whose their defense looks really really good. It'll really depend on what happens. Looks like Jenkins is going to miss multiple weeks. This is a home game, so I would expect it's the first home game. I would expect to see Bakhtiari back. And then the, the biggest problem is, we've talked about this a lot, the people backing up Jenkins are terrible. Uh, I think we need to look at internal offensive line, interior offensive line this year as well, uh, replacing the running backs, um, getting some more help in a couple of those spots. But those are the big ones in terms of just pure talent. We need to look at interior offensive line, replacing the center, getting some depth at guard, uh, and then replacing basically the running room, running back room at this point, I think. And I mean, I love Jones and all that, but I mean, it's just, it starts to get clear that that's kind of where they're headed. Um, if we're not playing Jenkins, we're going to have to play, uh, you know, Royce Newman out there at left guard. That changes this game unless they want to decide to kick, um, kick somebody inside. It seems like they don't want to do that. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. The Saints can bring pressure with three. They can bring pressure with four. They're going to have to probably bring four with as good as the offensive line has generally been playing this year. I, 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 hey, so just yeah, go ahead. It, but it did, it did seem like Love wasn't under that much duress though. Like no, he hasn't been at all this season. As poorly as the line has played at certain junctures, like at individual okay. times. But yeah, no, they they played very well with him out there. Now, I think the Saints are a better I mean, pass I got, rush. I, got, I, watched, I watched Daniel Jones get murdered on live right. TV to, like last week. And I, that's... I just think the Saints have a better pass rush than what we've seen in the first right. two weeks. So okay. I think that that's a fair thing to bring up. Um, they are also still going to be without uh, Kamara. So, and they don't have um, Kendry Miller. Their draft pick is not there from TCU. Uh, so I don't know about the running game. Is Thomas playing at wide receiver now, or is he? What he is. He's back. He's playing there. So they have Alave and then Thomas. Thomas, I mean, he's hoping to bounce back. He had the injury, and then he came back last year. Uh, had, I mean, he looked like he was going to be the second coming of Kelvin Johnson. Yeah, the injury definitely was. Alave is massive. great. He's good. He's great. Yeah. I like. If Alave. they have both he's, of them, especially, legit, but... it's going to be impressive to have both of them. Yeah. We also want to see what what's going on with Lucas Van Ness. Uh, he hurt, I believe it was his elbow during the game, uh, left his elbow. His feelings. Yeah. And so we're going to see what happens with that. Um, I think the Packers come back a little more angry this week. I think maybe they thought something had happened well last week. Maybe we'll see what, what the coaching staff learns too, I guess is the other thing. I don't expect to see Jair having two games like this. If he follows Alave, I think it's a better matchup than having him on Drake, who's a, a bigger, more physical receiver. Uh, which is kind of a bad matchup against Jair in terms of what they can get out of that. So I think having him following Alave would be better. He seems to have been allowed to follow better receivers this year so far. Um, a couple times he's been in zone, but mostly he's been allowed to stay in that man. So if they can do that, the one thing I would just love to see is bringing these backers a little bit more from the interior backers. I think it was right this last week on the picks. Um, we got another noon game. With the Saints coming into town, uh, I'm going to say, geez, I, I don't trust the Saints offense. I don't trust Packers offense. I think it's going to be another low-scoring game, and I think the Packers, I'm going to say 17-14 Packers. 
was gonna say just be like all the uh, people on TV that just say twenty four twenty one for every single game. And no, I think it's been different. 20, or, or 21, 21, 17 or twenty one twenty four twenty one seems to be the what everybody on the going pre, rate pregame. Yeah, that's what everyone <laughs> says. It, it's it's boring. It's that's why that's why I always put like a sixteen. Do you remember what I I picked the Packers to win this week, didn't I? You did this last week, yeah, and they should have. You should, should have been they, right. They, they should have been. I should have been right. And that's like Kurt Warner. Did you? Kurt Warner during the pregame said that Jordan Love was going to throw five touchdown passes yesterday. He threw three. And he at, and he actually almost did. So Kurt Warner, if you don't listen to Kurt Warner, that dude is so smart. He, you know, everyone gave Tony Romo so much credit when he went into the booth and was like diagnosing plays the he, next year after being out of the league. He was, and now he's good. just another guy. Kurt Warner, dude, if you listen to that guy talk, like when he's because he does all the Westwood One broadcasts with uh, Mel Gray, okay, on the on the radio, Kurt Warner's a super smart dude. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what made him the quarterback he was. And like, if you actually like listen to him like break down how things are going to work, like you're going to do okay with your takes as well because Kurt Warner is a student of the game. He had to be, you yeah. know, because yeah. he was he was not given anything. He earned everything he got. Yeah, and uh, should have won. Should have won the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers too. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, one bad, one bad ninety-nine yard reception return. Anyways, um, uh, no, I don't even know what to think about the Saints because it was that game was happening. That that was a sloppy game too with Carolina before I came down yeah. here to do the podcast. Like I don't, I don't think Bryce. It was like it was like nine to three or six to three when I walked down. It was gross. Yeah. Um I don't think Bryce well, Young's good. I, I I thought that was a wasted pick, but either way. Also, you too, think? you know, let's let's put some uh, key, let's let's put some currency into uh, not having your first round draft pick play his first year and let him actually learn the NFL game instead of just throwing him out there and just getting crucified. Sorry, <laughs> that's a terrible. You know, that's what that's another thing. Crucified. I need to stop using that word, and I've stopped using decimated. Because people are always like killing. that team got decimated. Decimated means less than. Uh, uh, one out of ten, reduced by ten percent. Yeah, Killed no, doesn't they? They got decimated. They were completely, they were completely eliminated from the game. It's like no, decimated means lose ten percent. Yeah. So I also have to stop using crucified because crucified is terrible. Um, <laughs> but either ways, jeez. <laughs> but you know, I, I no, a, a bad, a bad Panthers team. You sign yourself. I don't know, um, Matt Ryan. Um, uh, what's his name from TCU? The Red Rocket. He was a uh, quarterback at uh, Cincinnati for a while. Yeah, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. You you sign him. You say, hey, we're going to give you we're going to give you fifteen million dollars guaranteed. You run this team for one year and let this boy sit on the bench behind you and learn. Weeks week fifteen, we might put him in. You don't just roll him out there week one on a crappy team that gave up everything last year for that for that pick. And you don't have McCaffrey. It's, it's it's a terrible team. Like you're setting that kid up for disaster. I mean, name all of the high first round draft picks that have just been rolled out week one that are succeeding. Trevor Lawrence, who was Joe Montana incarnate, right? Like he is still working through it. And that dude's talented. He's a talent. Mm-hmm. Like he's got everything going for him. He's still struggling because he's on a bad Jacksonville team. You know, like, what do you expect? What do you expect? We got him to the I mean, this is what good teams do. The only people that have a good team's record are the Patriots 
and their quarterback that got him through all that was a six round draft pick. Yeah, they didn't even plan on that. That was a mistake. And then the Packers, who don't win Super Bowls, but have a good all around record. And they and picked then, the first round quarterback when they didn't need one. Right. And then who are the other good teams that make great decisions? The Broncos? The Broncos relied on Peyton Manning. Yeah, for the one. Know, yeah. To get him their last two. And then they just sold the farm for Russ Wilson, it's a, who's a joke. And like, who are these good teams? Mahomes sat on the bench for a year. He did. Behind a very great, for a, a, a wonderful man named Alex Smith. On a team that was already around. a playoff team. It was already clear. a playoff team and, 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 and a good situation. And Mahomes yep. won two Super Bowls in three years. Anyways, you know what? Saints, zero out of 10. Here we go. Won't eat it. Packers win 28 to seven. Let's just get it over. <laughs> They're going to run them out of the damn oh, stadium. Oh, you know why? Gosh. Because the ghost of Sean Payton still walks around that stadium. And I hate that man. His smirk every time he thinks he's the smartest person on the field. And I'm glad he's going to in Denver. And the Saints suck. All right. I'm going to roll through Badgers here because they, they beat Georgia Southern, who was not a team that they needed to beat. That, that team wasn't any good. That was a 100% we spent, okay take. We spent a lot of time on Packers. Uh, Badger game doesn't didn't matter that much. The biggest problems are, like, Tanner Mordecai, seriously, throw the ball. Let it go. Just let right. the ball go. This is the most timid air raid offense in the history of history. Watch uh, Frozen. Elsa, just let yeah, it go. He does, he does not just throw the ball. Just throw the ball, man. If you make a mistake, let's let's deal with it. The defense also is is rebuilding. This is clearly a rebuild defense. Uh, Leonard left the cupboard bare. Uh, there was not much there. Uh, he knew when to leave. We'll say that oh. for sure because how this defense was, needs was, a lot how, of help on the defense back end. How good was end. Van Ginkle on Sunday Night Football last night, by the way? I, so much. Um, you didn't but, watch it? No, I he didn't. Was a, he was a terror. All right. He was uh, un- unbelievable. So, like and, and and every but you would like it just makes sense because it was always like we got to get through this, a lot man. of Wisconsin. We're going to be two hours if we keep doing this. <laughs> I know, sorry, but, okay. I'm just, but no, they just kept saying like Van Ginkle out of Wisconsin, and it was like the, the Wisconsin got tons <laughs> of free pub on Sunday Night Football last night. Good, good. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Badger start their Big Ten play this week. This is going to be the first. I mean, like Washington State was the first real test. This is going to be the first look at what they're going to do in the West. Uh, Purdue is not going to be. The, the team to beat in the West. Okay. That's not the challenge. Uh, I think I was going to run away with this West at this point, watching these teams. I don't think Minnesota is that good. Uh, they're going to be challenged for this Badgers team. If they're not going to bother to play run. Carolina too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the Minnesota is technically on top of the West right now. Cause they're the only team that's played another big 10 team and they beat up Nebraska who doesn't look good. And rule tends to, take time to build a program. So that's, you know, I think he's, he's two or three years away from being anything. He's not going to be good this year though. Uh, but Wisconsin plays Purdue. Um, this isn't the Purdue, like last year, Purdue's team was one. I picked in a lot of places. Like I'll tell you, I won money betting on Purdue to cover or win because Aiden O'Connell was good. You know what? He should be starting in, in Las Vegas right now because he's, he's a decent solid quarterback. But the other thing is we've probably already seen his ceiling. But as, in terms of a guy who came in, was a walk-on, and then started for three years for Purdue, he was a very solid, very good college quarterback uh, in the Big Ten. And and he made them good, but he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he gone. And then Doru, King Doru, what a great name. King Doru is also is, gone. That's his actual first name? Yeah, King is his first name. <laughs> uh, the running back from last year, he's gone. Uh, they also lost um, 
I mean, I knew they had a running Chuck back Jones. Named I didn't realize his first name was King. But. Yeah. Uh, Charles Jones, otherwise known as Chuck Sizzle, if you listen to the uh, Fox broadcast. I love it. Oh, God. Uh, all of them gone. So this is a this is a young team that's got a lot of things that they, they've had to replace a lot of people on this this team. Right now, their leading receiver is Dion Burks, who's listed as actually the fourth guy starting the season in terms of their, their wide receiver core. They're going to throw a bunch. They're not particularly good at, at uh, running the ball right now. Uh, Devin Makobe, uh 49 carries, uh, 186 yards through the first three games here, two touchdowns. Um, not, not where they're going to go. So they've got nine receptions, 221 yards, three touchdowns for Deion Burks. The other guys out oh, I there. Love, I love Makobe. He had that, sh- that song, Thrift Shop. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic song. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Maccabee is awesome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal Edrain uh, is a sophomore uh, wide receiver. Corey Gamage, uh, senior wide receiver. TJ Sheffield, junior wide receiver. Uh, four, three of the other guys who are going to be in there in this group of four, uh, they're giving ESPN's uh, predictor saying 63.3% chance Wisconsin wins. Uh, this game will be at Ross Aid Stadium, which is a decent little stadium. I've been on their field, um, grass field. It's kind of a fun little place. Uh, you can get tickets for $15 right now because nobody wants to oh, watch uh, as, as low as $15 for Purdue. It's a decent little place. It's a fun little stadium. It's right in the middle of campus, uh, which is a nice little campus, too. So uh, it, it's on the way to Indianapolis. If you're heading to Indianapolis, it's right off the interstate. So it's an easy little drive. Mm-hmm. Um so far this year, uh, they've played. They lost to uh, Fresno State and uh, uh, Va Tech, and well, they beat Va Tech and then lost to Syracuse. So uh, mm. Purdue kind of they're sitting at uh, one and two right now. They don't look like the team they were last year. Uh, looks like where are we at here on the spread? Badgers are favored, uh, so we'll just see. I think the Badgers win this one by. 10 points. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's pretty decent. I think they'll be able to run a little bit better. I think they'll be able to throw a little bit better. I still want to see Tanner Mordecai be a little more gutsy with the ball and let it go and put it into tighter windows. He seems to wait till they're really open. Kind of that Aaron Rodgers problem, except mm-hmm. for he's nowhere near as talented as if you wait for it to be super open, it doesn't matter if you're not actually going to pull the trigger. Let's not let him run as much as he's been running the last two weeks either. Like I'm glad he's been able to be more mobile than I expected, but he needs to stop running the ball or he needs to just go down. Like I'm, I'm tired of him running. It's, it's not great. Tyler Mordecai, the football guy. Hey, so I just had a, a thought go through my head. Two of them. Go ahead. Um, number one, I said uh, a couple weeks ago that we need to make it to, to a Three River Stadium, uh, PNC Park Ooh, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a baseball game. Uh, we should do that late in the season and then catch if the Badgers are playing like Youngstown State or something like that. <laughs> like some small football stadium or something like that. I, mean, I know right. they, rarely, they rarely play cupcakes on the road, but that'd be kind of fun. It'd be fun um, to go watch those games anyhow. Youngstown's been fun. No, I mean, I, I, that's not a knock in Youngstown State or anything like that. Yeah. But just like that's somewhere near Pittsburgh. Um, the yes, other I thing think. is, too, is so, uh, John, uh, unbiased opinion. I know you have a very high opinion of UW academics. Yeah. Smartest school in the Big Ten, Purdue, Northwestern, Northwestern. or Wisconsin? It's Northwestern. It's, it's Northwestern, then Michigan. 
All right. And then Ohio State, really? then Wisconsin. Yeah, Michigan is a fantastic school. And being unbiased, yes, Wisconsin's good. Michigan is a better school. Ohio State's right in there with Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, Purdue uh, Northwestern's the better school. Purdue, if you're going engineering, is the place to be. Okay, so that's that's the engineering school. Okay. It's so, a great engineering right. school. They have had several astronauts. No, that's that's why I was asking that question because yep. there's lots of aeronautical well, there are not aeronautical engineering program is out of this world. <laughs> ah, see what I did there? I didn't Brilliant. try to do that. Anyways, uh, but uh, but no, they're they're I mean they're well known for that. I was just wondering that because because Purdue always kind of gets left out of that like academic like ability, but like Purdue oh, is super good hard. It's a great but, school. Yeah. So okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's really that high in academics, huh? They're a good school. It's a, it's a pretty good school. I think recently in their rankings, they've been close to Wisconsin or around Wisconsin. Those are they're in the 30s, like 30s overall uh, in terms of academics. But yeah. So, so, so you said so. And Michigan so State's we... like the the bottom, like is the dregs of the Big Ten. They should kick them out and bring in Cincinnati. Well, for for numerous. And they should numerous, also give Michigan State. Reasons, they should give yeah. Michigan State the death penalty. I'll, they, I've they said should, that several they times. Be, they should be they should be relegated to um, the Mexican Football League. Yeah, and uh, and just go from there. But so for, for review, you said uh, Northwestern one, Michigan two, yeah, Michigan two, Wisconsin three, Ohio State. Yeah, per- Ohio State Purdue. four, then Purdue probably. What what about uh, the other ones? Like I, I mean, I guess I don't know where they all stand. Penn State's like, also a very good school. Maryland is a nice school as well. Minnesota's kind of in that that next tier. Actually, depending on what you're going into, it also depends. So yeah, let's. I don't want to spend a lot of time on a sports podcast, talk about the it's academic progress, but we can talk about this after the podcast yeah. and keep going. But let's move into the Brewers, who unfortunately lose a one nothing game today, where it seemed every time they had a guy on base, they hit a, into a double play. It was just... just it was like A.J. Dillon was hitting terrifying. the baseball. <laughs> That's probably a good way of saying it. Just uh, right into the ground. And, and, then... and stupid Wayne Wright gets his 200th victory, and I hate him so much. He's so he good. Brewers, yeah. He's so good. And has been for a long time, and he can retire tomorrow. Did you know that all 200 wins are against the Brewers? It seems that way. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's been a fantastic pitcher. I I can hate the Cardinals and still understand when they're good and and who's good on the team. They are not good right now, and we should beat them. Uh, We should beat them the next two days when they don't have Wainwright going. Um, They scored one run in the last two days, man. Yeah. Jeez. Canna scored four runs on one pitch on Saturday. Dude, Uh, come on. We can't do this this early. Yeah. So that's. We have to wait until October to do this. They just never give Peralta any run support. That's a no, lie. That's a lie. I'm just joking. I'm just joking because we did actually look this up. Peralta actually gets the highest run support. He gets uh, 4.93 yeah. runs per game. Uh, Woodruff 4.9. Hauser 4.89. Burns actually gets 4.4 runs per game in run support. And Miley at 4.1. Those are kind of middling numbers for Major League Baseball because you know Clayton Kershaw gets I think he I think it was five point two seven five hundred runs per game five point two seven yeah uh, these are all from OddShark.com uh, run support per game numbers that we were looking up Burns actually yeah I wanted to see I was like is it that much lower than everybody else because it feels yes, it, that, it definitely feels that way but it is like half a runs a game less than Woodruff yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, but less, gets, but also every more, more than Miley gets. I don't know why. Poor Miley. <laughs> so yeah, we get a couple more games. No, she she's made millions in the pop industry. She's fine. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. 
Uh, two more or three more games, pardon me, against the Cardinals coming up in St. Louis. Then we'll finish off our our little, you know, home and home against the Marlins, and then the Cardinals again. And and I think what was my math? I think I said like so. The Brewers need seven between yeah, wins and losses seven going into tonight. Yeah, going into tonight. Uh, so I mean that that can be a look at what the Cardinals have too. Let's see. So like they're. They have a chance to lose them here because they're going to play uh, the the uh, Braves coming up yet. So that's something. How much the Braves care? This is the one thing about baseball, though. Like you rest some guys, but not necessarily a lot because the amount it, it, of it's, it's a messed up thing. Because like a team like Atlanta, who's so far ahead, they won't care because they're so far ahead. And they'll just rest guys. They'll bring people up to play that don't usually get to play for experience. Where a team like the Cardinals, who's already out of it, you know, they're rolling out like actual, like Arenado, or or they're going to start lining up some of their younger guys to give them experience for next year, which the Cardinals right. do because the Cardinals always are building. They're always building. That's a smart always franchise, they're the, and they're I the hate Packers them. For of, it. They're the Packers of Major League. Baseball. I would love them it's, to suck um, because yeah, yeah I, they're I mean, the Yankees of the National if, League. If they, this, if they were in the same division as the Brewers, I would love the Cardinals, but I hate them just hate like them. Yeah. how I'm I, like the Vikings hate the Packers. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I mean, they're, they're they're those are the most dangerous teams in September. And and that's what Jeff Livering brought up the other night during the pot during the broad said podcast. But broadcast is like the, the teams like the Cardinals are the teams that we're going to have to worry about. It's not the, the the Braves. They 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 have nothing to play for until the playoffs. They want the to stay here, sharp. The Cardinals are just here to ruin the parade. Right? Yeah, like the, they want to stay sharp. They don't want to give up. Like they're not going to just roll right. over and die for you. But they are going to set up their. But pitching if they lose roster. a game, they don't care. Yeah, right? they're going to set up their pitching staff. So that they're where they have number one pitcher going day one of you know the NLDS. That's what they're going to set up for, and that's and what they're going to try to do. And might get pulled for a pinch hitter in the fourth inning. Yeah, they you they got to clear the the uh, Dodgers first, but unfortunately right. the Cubs are going to have the Pirates and the and the Rockies before they play Atlanta. Uh, we just need them to trip up a couple times if we can take if we can split this series with the Cardinals yet, which is very doable, I think. Um, I should. mean, like. Yeah, they're not out of the. I mean, we're going to be starting McGill uh, against Rom. I don't know who Rom is. I'm not even sure. He's got a. He used he's to be a one in, of mine. He was terrible. Yeah, uh, was. he's the Rom comedian. No, he's one and two with a 5.96 ERA. So they're obviously trying to start some people. Which who means don't he'll pitch much. a no hitter against the Brewers. Yeah, then guess. they're going to pitch a guy. Thompson is set up to pitch Wednesday. He's five and six with a 4.34 ERA. He'll get a perfect game. Yeah. And then Mikolas, that's terrible. I don't want to play him. But actually, he'll Mikolas lose to the Bruce fell apart. One out of three. Yeah. Mikolas yeah. fell apart in the back half of the year because he is <laughs> seven and twelve with a four point eight four ERA. I would not have predicted that after the first like three months of the season. I was like, wow, this guy's he's got something. But no, he's he's getting up front. Their defense he's, is good though. The the Cardinals defense right up the middle, second and shortstop has been playing fantastic. Um I don't like seeing that because I think they're going to be good. Let's say this too. We have not said this in the last couple of weeks and we've talked about off, off podcast. Um, we said this was a rebuilding year for the entire central. It's not. Yeah. Uh, the reds are there. Uh, the Cubs are there and the brewers are there. Yeah. They're all young. Uh, and this is going to be an awesome division. I wouldn't say there. No, but but, but by there, I mean the, the Brewers. On the, on the verge of there, yes. It, there, I mean, we have the third best record in the National League. 
and the Cubs are five and a half behind us. Five games right. behind us right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, was it? I'm sorry, six. So the yeah. Cubs and Cincinnati are six games behind us. There are three teams with winning records in the National League Central, and I guess there are three teams with winning records in the National League East. But you know, like Cincinnati and Chicago and Philadelphia are the wild cards right now. So that's mm-hmm. three teams in the Central getting in currently. Uh, mm-hmm. Arizona right behind them. Oh, I'm sorry, Arizona's plus five, so they're in. I guess Chicago and Cincinnati are tied for the last one. But either way, it's like this this is actually a good division. Th- this this isn't just a, a terrible division full of rebuilders. And it's especially true because this year, it's not just the Central playing against each other and building up their records by killing you know a, a hapless team at the bottom. Uh, it's the even schedule. So this is a very good way of looking at these teams compared to each other because we are playing a very even schedule across the board. And the Brewers are the third best record in the National League. And the hapless seller team was actually in first place for most of May um, <laughs> in the Central. No, I, I don't disagree well, since, with you. It's look. it's I, I don't think it's there. There is the Atlantic Braves there. Right. They're not That's, World Series there. That's not what right. I meant. I mean, but, like, but they're I'm, good teams right now. It's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of there. I equate the NL to the NFC this year. Like, okay. Whereas the AFC has a lot of teams that are built to win a Super Bowl, like right now, it seems like the NFC has a lot of teams that, I guess apparently the Cowboys have decided they're going to be good for the first time now. Micah Parsons is ridiculous, He's but like um, um, the the AL, I mean, like the AL East with <laughs> minus the Yankees, weird, but like there's yes. team the, those teams that are crushing out in the AL East just just are so good. And AL's got some good teams in the East and West. And then there's like two really good teams in the NL and that's it. And it's kind of the same way with the NFC this year. It's like, there's a whole bunch of teams that are rebuilding that are going to be good by virtue of the fact that there's a lot of rebuilding going on. It's, it's, it's weird that the MLB and NFL are kind of going through kind of a restructuring process of teams because there's so many veterans that held on for so long. And now it just kind of, they all got flushed out. Like we should be doing with the Senate and the House of Representatives, but hey, they just hold, <laughs> hold on until they're 90 years old. But anyways, um, sorry, we don't do politics in this podcast. Right. But anyhow, so it's just, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Cardinals definitely flushed the toilet the hardest this last year, like with eliminating a lot of contracts in a rebuild. But yeah. uh, I and mean, they're, they're, you say they're there, but I'm like, they're they're there, but they're like, by there, kinda, I mean they're contenders and they're there. a decent I mean, team Trang, and they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, These are playoff Trang, teams. Trang is good, but he's still hitting 223. And it's like, uh, like, ah, uh, it's like they're almost there. But the Brewers did make some strong. Canna's been good. Uh, Carlos Santana plays a mean guitar. Um, <laughs> the, the team the team looks good. Um, that game on Saturday when we were there, that stadium was packed. Mm-hmm. Like rows 20 through 40 up on the top deck were sparse as they usually are, but it was loud in there on Saturday. And that place was packed, standing room only. Um, yeah, because all the people that were supposed to be in the upper decks were standing down behind us in right field. So, yeah, it was uh, the vibe is real. And the fact that MLB wants to get rid of, like, threatening the Brewers if you don't improve your stadium, who you. That game on Saturday, like, shut up. Like, yeah. Look, list, look at this place. This place is packed. It's loud. I mean, Oakland can't pull anything. 
Tampa Bay can't pull anything. They're not Heck, great. Cincinnati can't pull anything most of the time. Like, here's a Saturday night in September, and this place is jam-packed mm-hmm. against the Nationals, who can't pull anything right now. You know, it's with, like with a team starting uh, Freilich, uh, you know, like how many, how many? Yeah, Sal Freilich was number Freilich one on, and Terang lead off the night. Yeah, Freilich and Terang, and you know, we've got Monasterio, and yeah, just and that's because Garrett Mitchell's hurt. Uh, if we yeah. had him out and, there, we would have been playing him too. And and uh, uh, mm-hmm. can you hit a can you hit a grand slam? Can I? Ah, can I? <laughs> Bye. Nice. That dude, All right, that dude's that dude's awesome. He is fantastic. What a great play! Yeah. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap up the last several se- uh, sections that we have here. The the different sports we have, we're going to pull them all together into a segment that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. We'll start last call with volleyball, and we had some. Big matches for Wisconsin this week. Uh, just about to get into Big Ten play, but we did have the the rare chance to see, well, the annual chance, I guess, Wisconsin versus Marquette, uh, which should have been a, a highly anticipated game. It is now the highest attended indoor women's volleyball game. I believe the highest attended in, indoor women's sport. The only thing beating it is, of course, 90,000 watching Nebraska volleyball. 98,000, right? Yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah. 90-some yeah. thousand. It's crazy numbers. Yeah, insane. Uh, Wisconsin wins three sets to one. Uh, was it at away. Fiserv, or where were they playing? They were at? playing at Fiserv. And unfortunately, okay. like, Marquette came into the season ranked, like, 14th overall. They are now uh, losing. They have a 4-7 and seven record. They, but I'll give this to Marquette. Uh, I mean, we, we need to keep talking about them. They started the season losing one to three against number twenty-four at the time ranked uh, Western Kentucky. They beat Drake. They beat Dayton. Then they go play Purdue in Lawrence, Kansas. Then twenty-fifth ranked Purdue lose two to three. Then twenty-three uh, ranked Kansas. They lose one to three. Then they play at number ninth ranked Pittsburgh. Lose th- three nothing. Then they play. Uh, at home against number then 18th ranked Tennessee and lose three nothing. Then they play number one ranked Wisconsin and lose three one. They bounce back and beat up on Milwaukee, uh, the Panthers three to one, and then they beat Air Force three nothing. And then again, keeping with scheduling everybody, they played then number seven ranked Oregon. Oregon moves up to number six now. They lose three nothing. They have played a killer schedule to start this season. They're four and seven, but they have been playing just like those seven losses are all top ranked teams just all the way through and a lot of them on the road. Uh, so now they'll start uh, their conference play for, you know, at, for real. They'll get Villanova at the Al McGuire center. Then they'll get Georgetown at the Al McGuire center. Like Al McGuire, the announcer. Yes. You may know okay. he, he kind of had a connection with Marquette. Uh, then they'll be playing in uh, Connecticut against UConn after that. But yeah, that was their setup for this season. But Wisconsin went to Gainesville, played undefeated number three ranked Florida in Gainesville. They go down two nothing. They battled their way back. They they win set. Uh, well, and they lose the first set just embarrassingly. Twenty five fifteen. They lose that first set. Twenty five twenty two. The second set. They come back, win 25-21, 25-22. Uh, 
They get to a fifth set. They get to the fifth set. They work it up to being tied at 10-10. Wisconsin scores the next three straight points. Um, they, they split points then, so it is 14-11. And then they, they give up a point. They give up another. It's 14-13. Florida's got the serve. And Anna Smrek just absolutely murdered that ball. Uh, and the best part is the play before that, uh, they Florida was really amped trying to come back in. Like, you know, they are at the edge, right? Like they are match point for three straight, uh, three state sets there. And uh, they came up and spiked the ball as hard as they could. They hit Guchtekin right in the face, like knocked her backwards onto her back. She got up laughing with her teammates. That that woman is intense. She is. She was not playing the libero. They actually had um, they had uh, Yulia Orzao playing, uh, wearing the the white jersey for the libero in that game, uh, and Guchtekin playing the left back in that one. Uh, but yeah, just fantastic, uh, incredible game, fighting back all the way. It was it was amazing. Uh, Smrek. And Sarah Franklin and Devin Robinson each end up with double-digit kills. Uh, Franklin, I think he said, uh, ends up with a double-double because she also had, I thought, where was it? She had, like, double-digit uh, digs as well, I thought. The, so, yeah, no. Orzal with 14 digs. Hamill with 17 digs. Fantastic game all around to come back and get that. We'd love to see Marquette coming here in the Big East and start getting some wins here and get themselves back in position to make the tournament Last year, having both of them in the Sweet 16 was fantastic. So let's see that happen again. Uh, looking at D3 football, uh, we do have uh, the WIAC had some good bounce back this week. Lacrosse last, lost last week, like we talked to. Number five ranked Hardin-Simmons, Texas, came up. Uh, Lacrosse bounces back against uh, D2 Northern Michigan up in Marquette. They played in Marquette against NMU, the Wildcats. I have a Wildcat hockey sweater, true fact, uh, from when I played hockey as a kid. Uh, Lacrosse wins 34-3. Whitewater wins 17-14 over Mary Harden-Baylor, who is 0-3 for the first time in maybe forever. Uh, so that they've had a rough go of it because Mary Harden-Baylor has lost to both Whitewater and River Falls. They're having a reset year too, apparently. Huh? Yeah, both those games happening in Belton, Texas, by the way. Uh, Michigan Tech beats Platteville 24-20. Terrible place. Bethel. Shuts out Eau Claire, 24-0. Oshkosh beats East Texas Baptist, 60-7. River Falls wins 75-3 over Northwestern College of Minnesota. And then Stout gets the win over the Golden Gusties of Gustavus Adolphus. The Cobbers? <laughs> Not quite. There will be a game on the 23rd here, it looks like. The only game being played on the 23rd. Uh, will be September 23rd will be UWSP playing Albion of Michigan. Uh, currently in uh, Division Three football, uh, oops, find all the rankings here. So currently Whitewater is ranked third. They will be playing Oshkosh coming up. Uh, River Falls is now sixth nationally. They'll be playing Platteville. Uh, UW Lacrosse dropped down to 15. Uh, they're two and one. They'll be playing Stout and. UW Oshkosh at 2-1 is 23rd in the country, and they will be playing Whitewater, as I, I guess I just mentioned. So, yeah, we have four teams in top 25 D3 football right now, so that's fantastic to see. Uh, cross country, here's some fun things to look at here. Uh, 
looking at the rankings because we didn't have any new events this week. Uh, Wisconsin men, fifth ranked nationally, number one ranked team in the Great Lakes region. Number one ranked is, of course, Northern Arizona. They are ridiculous powerhouse, and they will continue to win at this point. Looking very, very good. Uh, Wisconsin women ranked fourth in the Great Lakes region. They are 18th nationally right now, right behind Ohio State and Michigan State, and right ahead of Arkansas and Oregon State. In D3, uh, the UW Lacrosse men's team is ranked fourth nationally behind North Central of Illinois, Pomona, Pitzer, and <coughs> MIT. Uh, they are number one in the North region. Uh, Whitewater is ranked sixth. I don't see if there's anybody else in the top 25 here that I can even see. So, no, it doesn't really look like it for the men's. In terms of women's cross country, uh, UW Lacrosse is ranked eighth nationally. Number one ranked is Wartburg, followed by Chicago and MIT. MIT doing very well in all of these. Uh, they're the next highest ranked team is UW Eau Claire at 30. So that's where we are with uh, we've got volleyball. We have got new football. We have got new cross country. We are trying to hit as many different things as we can because we want to get you all of Wisconsin sports. Aaron, do you have anything to add for this week? Uh, yeah, I'd have to make an apology to the estate of Al McGuire. Um, for someone who fancies themselves a uh, especially Wisconsin sports fan and a, a, a fan of announcers because I love my announcers. Um, loved Al McGuire. Al, I knew Al McGuire yeah. as the, the basketball announcer guy. He he was the coach that coached Marquette to their NCAA championship. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And he's number 77 <laughs> up in the rafters. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's the and, guy. And, and he, Rick Majerus owes his career to him. Correct. And Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. How did I not know? How did that I, get? I thought me? you were joking. No, I, thought I you were joking. I oh 100%. God. I 100% was, uh, did Aaron, not, did, did not know that. Aaron, I have to leave this in the podcast. <laughs> I know you, I, I, I will, t- I will take the full blame for that. But, but, but Mark, but you got to remember, I grew up in Northwestern Wisconsin. Like Marquette was not a Wisconsin school in, no. in, uh, in, in, Al McGuire is Marquette basketball. I mean, he's been dead for a couple of years, but I mean, like they have the half marathon and the full marathon. The Al is the run that they do. I just always do Al McGuire as the guy on Mm -hmm. with Billy Packer. Yeah. No, no. One of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah. Fantastic coach brought Marquette to national championship. I I apologize because I had to say that out loud. Because friend of the show Pete's gonna probably punch me in the back of the head the next time he sees. Well, he me. should, yeah. He should. He yeah, should as, physically as well assault he should. you. I, I, I really apologize. He well, should that do that. Shows, that shows my level of disinterest from Marquette in general. I know but, the prosecutors. Uh, Nobody's gonna prosecute him for that. So yeah, yeah. no, it's gonna be good. Yeah, he should do <laughs> Especially it. if the prosecutors from Marquette <laughs> Law. Yeah. So no, I, I know, I, I did. Yeah. Go to wow. Marquette and go uh, uh, go up to Marathon talk, County talk, and talk, Kyle Mail will take care of him. So yeah. Talk about a void of Wisconsin history that you don't know about. Like how did you miss that? Yeah, a, no, I knew a, that a, one. Sports history. Like I mean, I don't care about St. Norbert or <laughs> That's the, sad. the point the pointers for most for the most part, because I didn't Ouch. go to those colleges. Well, I and you? I really am disinterested in most of Badger sports because I did not go to that college either. So why should I be interested in a school I'm not a, an alumni from? Uh, so uh, ask me about UW Yellow Jacket sports. No superior, yeah. But but no, I just I I, I knew El Magu- <laughs> I knew El Magu- was a big deal. Like yes. he was because he was a. I mean, 
but he died when I was a junior in college, basically. So like, I guess it didn't dawn on me. And so, and when I was in college, I was up North and more involved in hockey. I didn't really care. The only thing I knew about basketball down South is that Chuck Finley was awesome for the Badgers. And that's about it. <laughs> okay. So anyways, okay. so there we go. So that's, that's my last take. And I think we're still under an hour, right? Oh yeah. no! But we'll we'll edit it. I'll get it back under. It's not a PowerPoint. It's just a podcast. We'll be people fine. People are going to be listening in their cars, anyways. That's good. Thank you for joining us for another week of Wisconsin sports. It hasn't been the greatest, but we'll get there. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod at Not So Humble Host at Cheddar Talk. You can follow us on uh, Blue Sky at J E Barnett at Blue Sky Social, and also at at Apple Bottom Flottom. Man, that's good. That's a good one. Uh, I wish I had it in there rhymed with stuff that was cool. Barnett doesn't really give it to me. Uh, yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us from uh, around Wisconsin, around the United States, and around the world. We, we're thankful to have you with us every week. Remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.